With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Islanders Award Winners a monthly podcast examining the seasons in which a New York Islander took home a major NHL award. I'm your host, Dan Saracini. In this episode, we'll focus on Brian Trottier in 1978-79, a spectacular season for him and the Islanders that ended on a gut-punching note. Lighthouse Hockey is SB Nation's home for New York Islanders news and discussion. You can subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching Lighthouse Hockey in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any podcasting app of your choice. Or you can listen right from our website at www.lighthousehockey.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can, as it really helps raise our profile. And as always, thank you for listening. And now, on to Brian Trottier, Hart and Art Ross Trophies, 1979. I owe it to a little curly-haired fellow by the name of Mike Bossy to a pair of left wings, Clarky and John, and to Al, who double-shifted me when I needed an extra lift. And I owe it to the defense and the goaltenders who gave me tips about other goalies' weaknesses. I have such great feelings about the support I got from those guys. Brian Trottier on winning the Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's leading scorer, 1979. The Islanders entered the 78-79 season in a weird spot. On the ice, the team was good. Very good. They finished the 77-78 season with 111 points and in first place in the Patrick Division. They were second in the NHL in goals for, and third in goals against, and had the season's Norris and Calder Trophy winners among their three first-team All-Stars. That was the good news. The bad news is that they were upset in the quarterfinals by a less talented and -and rough-and-tumble Maple Leafs team, which added to the Islanders' growing resume as playoff chokers. Off the ice, the team was still plagued by financial issues 
and their future on Long Island was in jeopardy. The team was experiencing a cash flow drought, and owner Roy Bowe was being sued by a partner for misappropriating funds and using Islanders' money to keep his Nets basketball team afloat. They also still owed the Rangers the $6 million debt they promised to pay when entering the New York market six years earlier. Some of Bo's limited partners were so distrustful of him that they worried that he could sell Islanders players to rival clubs in order to cover their bills. Bo had done exactly that with Nets star Julius Irving, selling Dr. J to Philadelphia so that his club could pay the expansion fee into the NBA in 1976. Islanders GM Bill Torrey publicly stated that the selling of any players had not been discussed, which was good because among his enviable collection of charges was a 22-year-old center named Brian Trottier. The product of Val-Marie Saskatchewan had been taken in the second round of the 1974 draft and was named the winner of the Calder Trophy as the NHL Rookie of the Year just two years later. Trottier's rise had been steady and startling, and by 1978, he had quietly placed himself among the very best players in the entire league. He finished second to Montreal Canadiens star Guy Lafleur in Hart Trophy voting as NHL MVP that year. And just about everybody expected Trottier to take the trophy home at some point very soon. Islander hockey is fast-paced. Islander hockey is exciting. Islander hockey is on Cablevision Sports 3. That's right, you've got a reserve seat for all of the action on the home of the Islanders Cablevision Sports 3. After a disappointing loss in the playoffs last season, the Islanders are primed and ready to go all the way to the Stanley Cup. This could end up being the year of the Islanders. The Islanders take on the Flames tomorrow at 8 p.m. on Sports 3. For a team that was expected to contend for a Stanley Cup, the Islanders sure didn't play like it. At least, not to start. They finished October 1978 with a 5-2-2 record, and with some uncharacteristically sloppy games and high scores. The normally defensively stout Islanders had losses of 10-7 and 8-5, as well as an 8-5 win over the Colorado Rockies. That game caused Coach Al Arbor to read the team the riot act between periods to get them to smarten up. The victory did little to ease his concerns. Arbor was worried about his team suffering from the complacency that had plagued them for a while. Longtime Islanders had heard those complaints before and weren't worried about the coach's wrath. Trottier told Newsday, quote, You know how Al is. He gets all hot, then he cools off. Then he gets all hot again, then he cools off. End quote. Another thing the coach was worried about was his top line. Arbor had united Trottier between wingers Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy the season before, and they immediately became one of the best lines in the league. Back for season two, the trio was not clicking on all cylinders yet. Twelve games into the season, Trottier had a more than respectable 16 points. But Gillies had one goal in a 10-game stretch, and Bossy was battling through a four-game goal-scoring drought, which for him might as well have been four months. And neither Gillies nor Trottier had been operating up to snuff defensively, according to the coach. Finally, Arbor had seen enough and broke up his big guns, putting Bob Bourne with Bossy and Trottier and having Gillies skate with Bob Nystrom and Wayne Merrick in a 5-2 win over Minnesota on November 7th. The line would actually stay separated for the better part of the season, and roster changes would become a frequent theme in the early going. Mired in third place in the Patrick Division midway through November, the Islanders began stringing wins together. A 4-2 win over the first-place Atlanta Flames and a 5-3 win over the rival Rangers the next night gave them four straight victories and six in their last seven games. But the win over the Flames was costly. 
Trottier suffered a shoulder injury near the end of the first period after a check by Atlanta defenseman Brad Marsh. He would play the rest of that game but would miss the next four. The scores would be one tie, three more victories, pushing the team's unbeaten streak to seven. Playing in Trottier's stead would be old reliable Lorne Henning and Richie Hansen, famously the first native of Long Island to play for the island. Trottier returned to the lineup in a game in Colorado on November 21st and re-announced his presence in a big way, netting a hat-trick in a 7-1 Islanders laugher. This time, his linemate was Billy Harris, and the two combined for a goal 46 seconds into a game that the poor Rockies never had a chance in. Trottier would score his first of the night just 22 seconds later, and then his second around the 12-minute mark. Trainer Ron Waski said before the game that he wasn't sure how long Trottier could play through the pain, but it didn't seem to bother him. He scored six times in the five-game road trip, four wins and a tie, and the Islanders returned to Nassau Coliseum in first place in the Patrick Division. Training game here at the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, where the Vancouver Canucks were beaten 5-2 to two by the New York Islanders. And the big line of the Islanders, centered by Brian Trottier, figured in two of those Islander goals. And uh, Brian, you were voted the game's second star. Congratulations on another fine effort. The Islanders continue to win on the road. Yeah, we have a secret. <laughs> Well, I think the big secret is we're getting a solid effort from everybody. We have uh, 20 guys now that are, are going out there, and, and we have, we're all on the one big highway uh, heading to the ultimate goal, which is uh, the first place in our league and eventually uh, keep the consistency going on to the playoffs. They ran their unbeaten streak to 15 games with a 7-1 to win over St. Louis, in which Trottier had two goals and three assists, and a 5-2 revenge win over the Maple Leafs, who the Islanders remember celebrating a little bit too much after the previous spring's playoff series. By now, Trottier, Gillies, and Bossy had been reunited. Arbor had run the team through 20-odd different lineup combinations already that season, and the trio combined for 18 points in the two games. But with a 4-3 loss to the defending champion Montreal Canadiens the next night, the Islanders' team record unbeaten streak came to an end. They went 2-0-2 in the next four, with Trottier extending a team-record personal point streak to nine games. Overall, they put together another 10-game point streak to close out December and open the new year. It was clear by this point that Brian Trottier was putting together an exemplary season. Not that you'd ever hear him say so. The fourth-year center was just as soft-spoken and humble as he was as a rookie, and his priority was always hard work and wins above anything else. He never shows any of what he feels, linemate Gillies said at the time. Win or lose, it's the same thing. He comes into the locker room, takes off his uniform, showers, and leaves without a word. Happens all the time. But even the self-effacing Trottier couldn't help but pat himself on the back after his performance against the Rangers on December 23, 1978. The center had eight points, including five goals, in a 9-4 Islanders win over their most hated rivals, team records that still stand today. Trottier said after the game, quote, yeah, it's my best game ever. I'll tell you, it's the kind of game you cherish and think about for a long time, end quote. Trottier tried in vain to argue that one of his three second period goals belonged to defenseman Stefan Persson, but prompted by his teammates, officials did indeed credit the goal to Trottier well after the game was over, as the puck had deflected off his stick. Rangers forward Dave Maloney called Trottier the best center in the NHL and praised his work ethic, saying, quote, He takes those long shifts, like maybe two minutes, and at the end of two minutes, he's still leading the other guys back up the ice. 
end quote. The five-goal outburst gave Trottier 24 on the season and ran his point streak to 13 games. It would hit 14 a few nights later with a goal and a 5-1 win over the Leafs. Trottier had now broken Bossy's team record point streak, set a season before, and shared the NHL leading goals with his linemate. His 54 points on the season put Trottier just two behind league leader Guy Lafleur, the man who had beaten him in MVP voting the prior spring. He and Lafleur would be tied at 59 points two nights later after Trottier's four-assist performance in a 10-4 win over the Flames, his 15th straight game with at least one point. His streak would hit 17 games in a 9-0 beatdown of the Canucks on January 2, 1979. Trottier's four-assist game would give him a four-point lead on Lafleur. Clicking on all cylinders now, Bossy, Gillies, and Trottier had an unbelievable 27 combined points in a three-game stretch, causing Nystrom to wonder from the bench if his friends were even human. Even with a 17-game point streak, Trottier's comments following the 9-0 win would be in praise of the team's defense. The Islanders had allowed 97 goals to that point in the season, second only to the Canadians in the league, and even the team's scorers made keeping the other team off the board a priority. Trottier told reporters after the Canucks game, quote, We want to stop the other team from scoring so much that we'd eat the puck if we had to. End quote. That would be the end of the streak, though, as Trottier collected no points in a 3-2 loss to the Flyers two nights later. All told, he had 18 goals and 25 assists for 43 points during the 17-game run. Although it would be the second-longest individual point streak of the season behind Lafleur's 23-game run, Trottier did have a few more points during his streak than his Montreal rival did during his. Trottier will double his lead on Lafleur with a three-assist game against the Capitals on January 17th. By now, the greater sports world was definitely starting to take notice. He made an appearance on ABC's Superstars program, and in early February was chosen, along with teammates Bossy Gillies and Dennis Potvin, for the NHL All-Star team that would take on Team Russia at the 1979 Challenge Cup. Before the three-game series at Madison Square Garden got underway, Trache scored his 35th goal of the season in a 5-4 Islanders loss to Chicago against his new, temporary teammate, goalie Tony Esposito. The Soviets were known for playing a fast, fluid style. And in Game 1, the NHL All-Stars rode their more bruising, punishing approach to a 4-2 victory. Bossy and Gillies both scored, and the series seemed to be under the league's control. In the first period of Game 2, the Trottier-Bossy-Gillies line provided both NHL goals, and Gillies sat down for an intermission interview with broadcaster Dave Hodge. A shot of the United Nations seems entirely fitting as we bring you this International Challenge Cup Hockey Series of the National Hockey League ahead 2-1 over the Soviet Union at the end of the first period in this, the second game. Kapustin put the Soviets in front, and it was all USSR up to that point and after it. But then the power play goal by Mike Bossy got the NHL started, and Brian Trotche scored to make it 2-1. The Islander line of Bossy, Trotche, and Clark Gillies has now accounted for four of the NHL's six goals in this series. And with me is the captain of the Islanders, one of that trio, Clark Gillies. I think we should probably start by talking about the fact that you're playing together as a unit and really the only forward line that is for the NHL. How much is it helping you? Well, I think definitely it's a big advantage, Dave, because we've, we've played together for the last year and a half, and... Uh, you know, we know basically where each one of us is going to be on the ice at any given moment. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys, uh, there are two guys from one team playing on each of the other lines. But 
you know, sometimes it's tough to fit the third guy in there. And I think that, uh, you know, with the three of us playing together like that, it uh, makes it much easier. But the Russians would come back to take the game, tying the score in the second and netting the only goal in the third to win 5-4 to four and even the series. The NHLers were then shut out in Game 3 six-zip and admitted that their intimidation tactics simply didn't work on the visitors. Gilly summed it up afterwards saying, quote, Nothing seems to bother them. They don't show any pain when you hit them, and that gets frustrating. End quote. After the break, Trate takes command of the scoring race, and the Islanders take on, once again, playoff disappointment. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back in the NHL, Trotte picked up right where he left off, collecting two goals and an assist in a 6-1 drubbing of the Rockies. He scored his 38th goal of the season a few nights later against Vancouver. I want to pause here for a non-Trottier note. About a week after that game against the Canucks, the Islanders played the Rangers at the Garden and lost 3-2. So what, right? Well, during the first period of that game, Dennis Potvin laid a hit on Rangers forward Ulf Nilsson. It ended with Nilsson sustaining a broken ankle and Potvin getting a signature chant from Rangers fans that still exists today. By the way, Nilsson himself said that the hit was clean and that his skate hit a rut in the traditionally terrible ice at MSG. Anyway, moving on. As the playoffs neared, the line shuffling continued, but this time for good reason. Clark Gillies had contracted chickenpox and was forced to sit out a slate of games in early March. John Tonelli, in his first season as an Islander after a stint in the WHA, was elevated to top-line left wing in Gillies' place. In the second half of a back-to-back with the Bruins in mid-March, Trache had his third four-assist game of the season. Tonelli had the secondary assist on two of those scores. The outburst gave Trotte 110 points on the year and sole possession of first place in the race for the Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's leading scorer, two ahead of Guy Lafleur. Trotte's 43rd goal was scored in yet another hat-trick in a win over the Maple Leafs. The victory gave the Islanders 98 points and a share of first overall with the Canadians. Meanwhile, at the Nassau Coliseum, the Islanders beat the Leafs. They are now tied with Montreal, 98 points. Both teams have 12 games to go. Let's go to the videotape of last night's game. The Leafs in the blue and the Islanders in the home white. Pick it up in the first period. And Brian Trotje with a hat trick scores his first goal to make it one to nothing. After Trotje scored again, Dennis Potvin shoots three to nothing. Three minutes later, Stefan Pearson four to nothing. And then 
Trache. Here comes the hat trick. That made it 5 nothing. 43 goals for Trache. In a 3-3 tie with the Penguins a week later, Trache scored his 45th goal. The Islanders were riding a nine-game unbeaten streak at that point, and they led the Habs by three points in the race for first. They tied the Penguins again the next night, then lost to the Blackhawks. A 0-1-2 streak was considered a slump for the Islanders at the time. The competition between Trottier and Lafleur had an interloper. Los Angeles sniper Marcel Dion was having a spectacular season, with 57 goals and 65 assists for 122 points. But as April got underway, he still trailed the Islanders' center for the league lead. With a goal and an assist in a 3-2 win over the Flames, Trottier tied his previous best goal-scoring total for a season and pushed his lead over Dion to five points. Come from behind, win for the Islanders beating the Atlanta Flames 3-2. The Islanders trail Montreal now by only one point in the race for the best record in hockey. The Islanders down 2-1 early in the third when Brian Trottier on a breakaway beat Rajon Lemelin. It was Trottier's 46th goal of the season, tying his career high. Then the winner from Billy Harris, this amazing effort. Harris flat on his back after being tripped on the breakaway, manages to push the puck past Lemelin. The replay, Harris scores with 7.21 left. The Islanders win for only the second time in their last six games. They're now one point. In a back-to-back set with the Flyers, the Islanders took two victories, and Trache secured five points, a goal and an assist in the first half, and three assists in the second, helping Mike Bossy score three of his four goals in that game. That basically wrapped things up. But for good measure, Trate had a final goal and assist the next night in the Islanders' season finale victory over the Rangers. His 47 goals and 134 points in a season were both career highs. Meanwhile, in Detroit, goalie Jim Rutherford of the last-place Red Wings shut out the Canadians 1-0, preventing Lafleur from making one final charge at a fourth straight Art Ross trophy. He ended the season third in the NHL with 129 points, one behind Dion. For leading the entire NHL in scoring, Trottier won himself the Art Ross Trophy and a tidy $1,000 bonus. At the time, his 134 points was the sixth most ever recorded by an NHL player, and his 87 assists were the second highest total in league history by a forward. Mike Bossy finished with 126 points along with 69 goals, and Dennis Potvin became just the second defenseman in NHL history to score 100 points making the Islanders the only team in the league to have three players over the century mark. Their then-club record 116 points was one more than Montreal, giving them their first regular season championship in franchise history. What started as a shaky season of sloppy games became the club's best to date, and had them poised once again to break through as possible Stanley Cup champions. Winning the Campbell Conference and the Patrick Division earned each Islanders player $5,000 in bonuses. It also earned them a bye into the quarterfinals and home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. In that quarterfinal series, they would face the Chicago Blackhawks, who finished seven games under 500 with just 73 points, 43 less than the Islanders had, but who had somehow managed to win the absolutely awful Smythe Division. The series lived up to that mismatch, with the Islanders obliterating the Hawks in four straight and surrendering only three goals the entire time. The middle two games were both Islanders shutouts, one by Billy Smith and one by Chico Resch. In fact, Game 2 was scoreless going into overtime when Bossy buried a feed from Trottier to give the Islanders the victory. 
Making changes. Ribble starts it out to Filipov. Stolen neatly by Bossy. Gets it over to Trottier. Back to Bossy. No go. Can't control it. Puts it into the corner on the near side, and Trottier is there. Ribble is on him. Ribble and Trottier to the boards, trying to freeze the puck there. Dug out by Gillies. Got the big three together again. Gillies and Kerr scrapping for it. The two of them in the corner. Goes behind the net. Trottier centering pass off behind the net and he threw it right out in front Bossy gets right in front of the net and he took the puck out and just fired it right by Esposito but there was some drama in game 3 Trate sustained an eye injury that caused him to leave the game which the Islanders went on to win 4 to nothing. Clark Gilly's stick had snapped while he was tangled up with Chicago's John Marks and a piece of the stick caught Trate in the eye and sent him bleeding to the ice he left under his own power and was replaced on his line by Lorne Henning, who scored a goal, his first in 23 playoff games. Trotte was a question mark for Game 4. He ended up playing with a visibly bruised eye and had an assist in the Islanders' series-clinching 3-1 victory. The sweep set up New York for a semifinal showdown between the rival Islanders and Rangers. The winner would earn a trip to play for the Stanley Cup. You probably already know how this turns out. The heavily favored Islanders lost Game 1 4-1 and were never totally in the game. They won Game 2 in overtime, but the Rangers took Game 3. Game 4 again went to the Islanders in overtime thanks to a couple of weird bounces that gave Bob Nystrom an empty net goal on John Davidson. But Games 5 and 6 were both won by the Rangers, and the Islanders were once again eliminated before the Stanley Cup Final. Trotte's only goal of the series was the first goal scored in the first game. Gillies had a single assist in five games. Bossy came up completely empty until the final game, a 2-1 loss. The Rangers accomplished that whitewashing with a very simple strategy. They double-teamed Trottier at all times and kept him from effectively distributing the puck to his linemates. Even if he shook one defender, there was another one immediately on him. The Rangers came at Trottier in waves. And of course, Davidson played the series of his life and was nearly unbeatable. And they simply are down to 17 seconds in the season. Tim, it's going to be Trottier against Duguay on this critical faceoff. And uh, if Trottier can get it back to the point, he has Dennis Potvin on one point and Bob Bourne on the other one. Nystrom out there with Clark Gillies. And Mike Bossy on the right wing. Kachuk heading over for some last-minute instructions chased back by Wally Harris, who said your timeout is up. Badney, Dave Maloney, Duguay, and Headbear. And they're going to use Kachuk on the draw. If there's a misplay, Duguay would come in. Puck is dropped. Rangers have it. Dave Maloney checked by Bossy. Gillies in there, Trottier in there. Ten seconds left. Gillies trying to come out with it. Potvin down the boards to keep it in. Five seconds left. The pass knocked down by Vadney. It's all over. The New York Rangers have upset the New York Islanders and will advance to the Stanley Cup Finals against the winner of the Boston Bruins Montreal Canadian Series. A delirious crowd, an ecstatic Ranger hockey team, 
They have earned this victory. There is no doubt about that. It was a clear-cut victory in six games, and they have earned the accolades they are receiving now. Stan, uh, your comments here about this Ranger moment. Well, the Rangers earned it. There is no question about it. Dennis Potman absolutely fatigued on his knees along the boards, along with a very tired Islander team. They are now lining up for the traditional handshake. The loss stung as hard, if not worse, than the loss to Toronto a year before. This time, the underdog that upset the Islanders were their haughty neighbors, who, despite losing in five games to Montreal in the final, now held unassailable bragging rights for the entire next season. A pall was beginning to hang over the franchise, and people around the league, maybe the players themselves, were beginning to wonder exactly what was missing on Long Island. Newsday's Pat Calabria likened the Islanders to baseball's Kansas City Royals, another expansion team that rose quickly to excellence, only to fall time and again in the playoffs, then to the Bronx Zoo Yankees. But despite the myriad of emotions Tory Arbor and the players were feeling, there was one league event still to attend to. On June 11, 1979, the NHL announced its individual award winners for the season, and the Islanders cleaned up. Arbor won the Jack Adams Trophy as Coach of the Year, Potvin took home his third Norris Trophy and second consecutive as the league's best defenseman, and Trottier was awarded the Hart Trophy as league MVP to go along with his already secured Art Ross Trophy as the NHL's leading scorer. He was presented the Ross by Gordie Howe, who had just completed the final season in the WHA, which was about to merge four teams into the NHL in the upcoming 79-80 season. Trottier was handed the Hart Trophy by the previous generation's Hab star, Jean Beliveau. At 23 years old, Trottier became the second youngest player to win the league's MVP trophy behind only 22-year-old Bobby Orr in 1970. Even when he was the big winner, Trottier stayed humble. Howe told Trottier he hoped the Islanders' center would make winning MVP a habit. Trottier replied he hoped to make it a habit too. Despite the tight scoring race, the competition for the heart wasn't nearly as close. Trottier finished with almost 44% of the votes, topping Guy Lafleur 201 votes to 84. Potvin finished fourth in Hart voting with 46 points, one behind third place Marcel Dion. Trottier took home an additional $1,500 bonus for being named MVP. Trottier, Potvin, and Gillies were named first-team All-Stars. Bossy, despite leading the league with 69 goals, was named to the second team after losing the right-wing spot to Lafleur. He wasn't happy about it then, and he's probably still not over it. In August of 1979, Trottier admitted that, despite his individual hardware, he still wasn't over how the season ended, and he did so in the most unlikely of places. When asked that summer by a 12-year-old Kids Day reporter about how he thinks the Islanders will do in the 79-80 season, Trottier said, quote, I think we'll do pretty good. We usually do good throughout the season, but I think the team is lacking effort. The guys are always looking to blame others instead of how they can help the team more. I think the team has to put more pressure on themselves, end quote. Pretty harsh words from the eternally humble Trottier, especially for a friggin' Kids Day insert. But perhaps more than effort, the Islanders just needed a secondary engine to help them get over the mountain. To this day, 
Brian Trottier is the only Islander to win either the Art Ross or Hart trophies. Despite some fabulous seasons from different players over the years, no Islander even came close until John Tavares, who was a Hart finalist twice and came one Jamie Benn hat-trick on the final day of the season from winning the 2015 Art Ross. It's a shame that 78-79 is remembered by most hockey fans as the year the Rangers upset the Islanders in the playoffs. That one sentence doesn't do justice to how dominant that regular season was for them, and it definitely doesn't have room for how unbelievable Trottier's season was. He truly was the dynamo that made that incredible team go, and was justly rewarded for it. Islanders Award winners is written, produced, and edited by Dan Saracino. Research and other assistance provided by Kevin Schultz. You can read more about Long Island hockey history at Kevin's project lihockeyhistory.com or at its Twitter account at lihockeyhistory. Check out lighthousehockey.com every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for listening. See you next time.